Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation with me, your host, Nikki Cross. I'm the founder of Thrive Life and Business, and as well as being a qualified coach, I'm also bringing you my insights into over 15 years of developing people. These days, you'll find me working with my clients and members every day to help them lead in their life and in business. And if this sounds like something you want to do too, stay tuned or contact me for private coaching or for more detail on my group membership, Thrive Together. You'll find everything you need in the show notes. This podcast is dedicated to making sure you feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. So let's dive in. Hi, welcome back. So I had to split the episode into two. This is part two that you're about to listen to now. In part one, I was talking about what is abundance, what is scarcity, and I did share a lot with you in terms of my own journey with scarcity thinking. Uh, I also talked on my money rules and being intentional with time, energy, money, and how you can use resources to shift your mindset and be your greatest asset. So It is not a prerequisite to listen to part one before you go ahead and listen to part two. I would just personally listen in that order. There's no intro to this episode simply because there was there was no intro. Like (laughs) it's part two. I just had to cut myself off. So you'll hear me dive straight in. So let's do just that. And I suppose to finish that off, they're my thoughts on investing in yourself, which I'm going to talk more on in a minute. But just to finalise that point on resources and tapping into things that will help you shift your mindset, that list that I just shared with you, there are so many things out there that will help to change your perspective. And I want to say this, although I've mentioned in this episode, I have come from a privileged space because of the colour of my skin, because where I was born in the world, also because of the parents that raised me and the ethics and values that they had that they could pass on to me. But equally, I can acknowledge where there has been certain um, traits and beliefs, if you like, that I have inherited that haven't served me. So whilst I acknowledge my position of privilege, I also acknowledge that as I am now a grown-up and can be my own divine parent, my own divine mother and my own divine father, I can now see that the choice is mine. So many of my clients will make this mistake in that they will say, well, I was brought up to believe. And whilst that may be true, you might have been brought up to believe X, Y, and Z. It doesn't even matter. You are now your own divine parent. Whether your parents are still with us or if they have transitioned, you are your own divine parent. And the way that I position this with my own clients is, in your lineage, if every single one of your ancestors were looking down on you now, imagine it that that you are the one that they have been waiting for. You know, when you look at your parents and their parents and their parents and all of their beliefs, I know for me, my parents were very much, you work, you work seven days a week, 12 hour shifts if you can, you grab the overtime and you pay your mortgage off quickly, you aim for stability, security. And although we never had to worry about money, it was always about making sure that you were safe by way of making sure that you have money. And imagine all your ancestors are looking down on you going, hey, it stops with you, you know, it stops with you. You are the one we have been waiting for. Just because you were brought up that way, your parents didn't know and their parents didn't know. They were only learning off the generation that they came from. So with all, like you're listening to this podcast episode now, you have the opportunity to choose what reality you create. You have the opportunity to choose and select what is now going to be true for you. 
and the people around you, the people who are influenced by you. You know, I look at my own life and I'm raising a young man into this world. What will I raise him to believe? Will I just be like, okay, well, this these are the beliefs I was brought up with, so therefore I'm gonna pass them on to him. Or will I objectively look at the beliefs that I have and question whether I want those to be true for me? This is an invitation for you. Just going off, carrying on the conversation, sorry, that we were just having about investing in yourself and resources that I was sharing with you about shifting your mindset from scarcity to abundance. Yes, there is a ton of stuff available to you. And yeah, loads of those are free. You can literally go and invest your time and energy now without spending any of your financial resources. But I want to talk deeper into investing because I mentioned earlier on in the episode that scarcity mindset was huge for me and I didn't even know it and when I started to recognize it I started to be able to challenge my own thoughts in that way but what I have also acknowledged is as I have evolved and gone through different stages of my own life my scarcity mindset has evolved too and I imagine that this is probably the same for many of you too this is where I want to invite you to reflect on my sharing of my own experience and I want you to ask yourselves how scarcity has or maybe is coming up for you so really simply although I am honestly really grateful for my upbringing uh, that I've had and yes I absolutely recognize my privilege I can also see that there are beliefs and behaviours that I have had to question whether they're serving me or not. And of course, I've already explained, you know, my parents' mindset around money to the point where when our mum passed away, we did the thing that you have to do of going through, you know, that individual's belongings and stuff like that. And she was a squirrel. She was a squirrel. There was money squirreled away in books, behind picture frames, in pockets. It literally made going through her things quite the experience. But (laughs) anyway, I don't, what I'm trying to explain is I actually don't think that I'd fully acknowledge the impacts of the way that I was raised and the attitudes around money and financial resources. And more to the point, I don't think that I'd understood how I was projecting those beliefs into my own adulthood and I suppose put simply I can now see that it was simply this bringing in money was more important than following your bliss spending was irresponsible and therefore spending was bad you know it made you bad it made you were irresponsible if you were spending actually two words irresponsible yes but indulgent ever so much more indulgent that's definitely how it felt and then it made you bad and that was never like I've got to admit my parents have never physically said those words to me but that's just what was implied and I might be completely wrong like if I could speak to both of my parents now and be like is this how it was they might disagree with that but all I can say is that's the way that it felt and actually (laughs) it reminds me I had a good chat with a friend of mine years ago around our money mindset and she admitted to me after that chat where I'd shown her all my finance spreadsheets and how everything you know had its pocket and its money space and she she admitted to me after our chat that she actually thought I was a complete tight arse and truth be told I actually thought she was completely reckless with money and what I can now see looking back on that is that we were actually both at complete opposing ends of the scale when it came to abundance and financial resources and neither of us were right and neither of us were wrong but neither of us were healthy neither of us could hand on heart say that we were being intentional with our financial resources I couldn't say that I was because I was hoarding money in case something went wrong something terrible happened and she couldn't say that she was being intentional because it went out of her bank account quicker than it came in 
And I think looking back, we can probably both recognise that this was in part something to do with the way that money was discussed as we grew. And although a lot of work, I've done a lot of work on this, but I can absolutely now acknowledge that my fear of letting abundance flow came from one very specific place. And that was, although I was good at bringing money in, my work ethic was unquestionable to the point where you'd actually look at me and be like, okay, calm down, you know. (laughs) But my fear of letting abundance flow, it, it came from a mindset of not enough. It came from thoughts that were lack, that were scarcity. And so although I was okay at bringing money in, it felt very unsafe to let it go again. It wasn't actually about being stingy. It wasn't, I'm a very generous person. The stingiest person that I was with was with myself. You know, it felt very unsafe to let money go again. And I now can see that that's because it was actually, it actually felt irresponsible to spend, especially if it was on just fun, you know? And exploring that also made me realize that I was doing the same technically with my time and energy. You know, if I wasn't spending my time and energy on something productive, I would never have really thought to spend my time and energy on just something that was fun or just something that was for me because that was a bit irresponsible and indul- and self-indulgent. And so when you start to notice, you, I think that your relationship with money is such a good one to explore because it will also illuminate how you are spending your time and your energy to you as well and how intentional you are being with the resources that you have available to you. The difference is there is infinite amounts of money in the world. There is infinite amounts of resources out there. But when you start to explore all of this, you start to really realise that there is not an infinite amount of time available to you. And I'm not saying that to make you be like, rah, morbidity. (laughs) I'm saying it because you and I both know that there have been times in your life when you have spent completely unintentionally. Um, What I mean by that is I am not blasting anyone here for doing anything that I'm about to say because I have done it too. And I'm not saying that it's wrong, but just hear me out. You know fine well that you have gone into a shop, let's take B&M, for example, and you have spent a hundred quid on shit and it's been completely unintentional. You've just done it. Everyone knows there's a meme about going into B&M and dropping a hundred quid, right? And you've done the same with your time and energy. You and I both know that there's been nights or days where you've just sat and scrolled and time has passed by and you've been like, what happened there? And like I said, I'm not saying that these things are wrong. I'm, this is not about what is right or wrong. What's the best way for you to spend your time? That's the point. This is about how intentional you are being with your time, energy, and financial resources. And is what you're spending your time, energy, and money on making you feel abundant, right? And that is so important. When you are spending, when you are investing, where that the energy that that comes from is so important. And like I said before, I would have had no issue with spending on other people, my time, money, and energy on other people. But when it came to myself, that was an issue for me. Not anymore, but that was a real issue for me. And what I've realised is I would 
do that. I would go into B&M or home bargains and go and spend an absurd amount of money on complete shit. Whereas what I'm saying now is I don't spend less now. In fact, I probably spend more, but I am really intentional with how I am spending those resources that are available to me. That's the invitation here. The invitation here is for you to go, okay, I see what you're saying. How, where am I doing that in my own life? Where am I clinging or where am I spending? Not actually being aware or intentional about it. And as anyway, as the, the point that I'm making is as soon as I saw this in myself, I really got to work from receiving it and making it safe for money to flow. And I want to actually read a snippet of Jen Sincero's book called You Are a Badass at Making Money. For any of you got this, the page that I'm reading off is page 86 and it goes like this. Because I'm reading you this, by the way, because this is one of the shifts that I definitely had when it came to letting money flow. Let me read this to you. It says, busting yourself tip number four, have an us talk with money. She says, whether you realise it or not, you're having a relationship with money. If you ain't got any money, it's because if you treated the people in your life with the same regard as you treat money, you'd be dining on a Thanksgiving chicken for one every November. One of the best ways to find out how you truly feel about money is to write a letter to it as if it were a person. I personally found this exercise to be a real humdinger and I've heard from clients and readers that they too realised they were acting like total fruit loops when it came to money. Back in the day, my letter with money went something along the lines of, Dear money, I love you and I wish I had more of you, but I resent the crap out of needing you. You're never there for me and I don't really fully trust you. I feel dirty admitting that I want you, but I get so excited whenever you show up. I worry about you all the time. I wish I didn't need you. You suck. Please, for the love of God, show up in huge quantities soon. I had such a push-pull relationship with money, as do most people. It's a wonder I was able to bring in any money at all. My energy was all about blocking it while trying to welcome it in all at the same time. And then she goes on to read some other snippets. I was so massively impacted by Jen Sincero's exercise. I did it myself. And one of the things that I realised, pairing that exercise with a lot of Mike Dooley's work, so for any of you who are into manifestation, I would absolutely recommend his book, Manifesting Change. What I realised in doing that exercise with myself around money was... I was wanting to bring in more abundance, but where that longing came from was lack. And abundance can't come from a place of lack. Where my longing came from wasn't letting abundance flow in full trust. It was, can you just bring in more because I still don't feel safe? And that's not abundant. Even if I did bring in more and more and more money, I now recognise that I still wouldn't feel abundant. And there is no cap. When is that going to stop? When are you going to feel safe? So for me, it it looked like making it safe. It looked like recognizing that and then taking action on it. And there are so many things that you can do to help yourself recognize that it is safe to let abundance flow. I'm not just talking about financial resources here. The same goes for if you are in scarcity mindset with opportunities, you will feel like, oh, well, if I don't take that job, if I don't take that opportunity, it's not ever going to come back around again, so I must. Or, oh, well, they're doing it over there, and so there's not enough for me. It's not just about money, right? It's about your scarcity mindset with so many different things. And so for me, one of the things that I started to do to overcome that is I started seeing the investment value, not just the cost. 
So instead of just saying like, okay, well, it's five pound for a coffee, instead of making a coffee at home for myself, I would say that, hang on a minute, but I can sit in that cafe and work and that makes me feel good. And if I feel good and if I feel abundant, that is gonna put me in a different energetic space. So that's a really small example, but I tell you what, as soon as this mindset started to shift for myself, I started seeing the value in so many things. And to the point of, in the summer of 2019, I invested in my own coach. And that was the biggest investment that I have. That was the most money I'd ever spent on myself, ever, 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 ever. And it was so scary, but I knew that that was the thing that I had to do to help me overcome this fear that I had of feeling irresponsible, spending money on myself, spending money on something that wasn't a necessity. And I can now recognize from following Denise Duffield Thomas's work, I'll link her in the show notes, that this is something called a highly symbolic gesture. So yes, this was a significant investment of time and money, but this was more than that. This was more than just about the money I was investing. This is more than just about the time I was investing. This was a highly symbolic gesture to myself that I was about to make significant change. And I can hand on heart say that that was the biggest life-changing experience I have ever intentionally created for myself. Of course, you know, there are life-changing experiences like birth and death and all of the stuff that happens naturally, but this is something that I intentionally created and it did change my life. I wouldn't be speaking to you right now had I have not invested in coaching. I can say that with full, full confidence. And so that then prompted me to start thinking about the cost of not letting abundance flow. It started making me realize that if I wasn't intentional with the way I spend my time, the way I spend my energy and the way I spend my financial resources, and when I mean intentional, I mean letting it come in and letting it flow back out again, I could then see the cost of not doing that. What I was missing out on, what I wasn't getting the opportunity to enjoy, the places that I wasn't growing because I wasn't allowing it to flow. And that is the game, that was the game changer for me. And I imagine if you're someone who enjoys this podcast, likes what I speak about, the majority of the time it's about personal development, the inner work. And you may well be or have been in the same place that I was, which is you've bought 60 million books and you've read 20% of them. You've enrolled on tons of courses that were a relatively low cost, but you didn't fully engage in them. I remember speaking about this in episode 29, will investing in your personal development really pay off? And I can't speak on your behalf here, but what I know about myself is when I have got skin in the game, I know that it's gonna pay off. (laughs) It's the best way I can explain it. If I was to pay for a book that costs £10, I would be less likely to actually A, finish it, or B, take action and implement the learning into my life than if I am going through in-depth coaching experience that I have paid quite a significant amount of money for. And that's why I can hands on heart confidently say it changed my life. I changed my life. I was guided and I was supported but I know that I made the changes. And I think that's the big difference when you start to value the investment that you are making in yourself, that's the shift, that's the difference. And I love investing in myself, I love investing in my business, and I love investing in others. I used to look at something that I wanted to spend money on and so much would come up for me, am I worth it? Will it be worth it? 
You know, I used to want to have this guarantee that if I was going to spend my time, money and energy on it, I would want to make sure it was worth it. I would be that person who would contact that coach and be like, do you have a snippet of your course I can buy before I purchase the whole thing? I used to be that person. Because although everything about my body was saying, yes, do it. My brain was being like, no, you can't release that just in case just in case it doesn't turn out to be worth it, just in case you can't make sure you get a return on your investment. And it will be a brain, a matter, a, a mind matter. Whereas if I was in tune with my body, if I was in tune with trust, and if I was coming from an abundant mindset as opposed to a scarcity mindset, I would be thinking, actually, this feels good for me to do. And I can trust myself. And I'm not saying here to act on impulse. I'm inviting you to recognise the difference between your impulses and your intuition. And trusting that intuition. As much as you trust your logical mind. So your logical mind will be telling you thoughts like, we have X amount in savings, we have X amount in the bank account. It will be very logical and it will want to inform you of your financial position before you invest. But your body will be telling you intuitively how it feels about what you're about to do or about what you feel called or pulled to do. And so for me, I don't just make decisions, business decisions. I do not just make business decisions with my mind anymore. I make business decisions and life decisions with my whole body. This has been where human design has really helped me to understand my decision-making process that is specific to me. And I would highly recommend it. All of my one-to-one clients get a human design reading with the only human design expert that I personally trust. I'll link her in the show notes. Learning more and more about my own preferences and how my body and my being likes to make decisions has been massively, massively useful to me because I've been learning how to lean into that and how to trust that. Rather than going from, I just need to be double, triple, quadruple sure that this is going to pay off and my brain going fucking nuts over squeezing the life out of whatever investment of this course or whatever it's going to be. And now just trust myself that if it feels good and I'm in a financial position to invest in myself in that way, I follow that. I trust myself. That is such an important mantra to start saying to yourself. What does that bring up for you when you say the words, I really trust you? And to be clear, even if this investment isn't actually a financial one, even if this investment is doing the opposite of what you'd normally do in the position that you're in, you know, for a lot of you, I know that when you are feeling stressed out, overwhelmed, burnt out, you will not, you refuse to invest your time and energy in sitting in meditation or breathwork or guided visualization because you will argue with me that there is more pressing ways you need to be investing your time and energy right now and your body is calling out for you to stop and pause and take that time but you're not trusting it and instead you're leading with your mind and you're going, no, I can't. I can't because of scarcity. I can't because time will run out. I can't because I'll let them down. And so I'm asking you, even if it's not a financial investment, to, with every decision that you're making about how you're investing your time and energy, to really lean into what does this mean for you? Not just not just now you, which is the impulse version of you, but the future version of you, the you in 10, 20 minutes, the you in a day or a week or a month or a year. What does this mean to them? Start to lean into, is this my impulse? Is this what me in this moment wants? And is this coming from a position of fear or a position of feeling empowered? And lean into my intuition. What does future me say about this? What does she think or what does he think about this choice that I'm about to make? 
And so anyway, to round that point off, it's like what I'm asking you to do here is consider where investing in yourself and scarcity in that area is showing up for you. That was really confronting for me because it required me to embed a new belief that it was safe to let some money go, let some of my time and energy go, safe in the knowledge that I can trust myself. And that doesn't, that's not just about books and courses and self-improvement. That is also, like I mentioned before, about the way that you're spending your time and energy in investing in yourself, sometimes just doing nothing or what you would think is nothing. Sometimes that's the investment that you need to make but being intentional about those investments. And so that leads me nicely into one of the last things that I wanna talk to you about, which is recognizing that abundance will mean something different to every single one of us. It's not on me to define abundance. I can, I can tell you what it means to me and I'm gonna tell you my practices in a minute, but the main thing that is important to do is to define it in the first place and to keep defining it. So before earlier on, when I was mentioning Jimmy and I, we'll often do this book called The Spiritual Secrets of Happiness, Health and Success, similar to The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte. We'll do that every year or every other year because returning back to intentionally defining what abundance means to us, it will change. Of course it will change because we are always growing and evolving as people. And so therefore abundance is going to mean something different. And so what's important anyway is to define it in the first place. You might live in, you might be listening to this episode living in a high, high poverty area. And so my question to you, whoever you are, and in whatever financial position that you're in, listening to this, my question for any single one of you in any situation is, how can you feel the best that you possibly can with exactly what you have right now, whilst working towards a better, more prosperous future and version of yourself? And I'm going to share with you actually where this has come up for me recently. I can totally see that launching a business in the middle of a pandemic, as much as I have actually really enjoyed it, and I'm enjoying it because I love what I do. It hasn't been easy. And people say to me, you know, what's that been like? Do you think it's put you back because you launched in the middle of a pandemic? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't know because I've got nothing to compare it to. Not even this year, you know, not even the next year coming up now, 2022, that will be an unfair comparison because I'll have had experience in business. So I will never know. Also acknowledging for the majority of late 2020 and early 2021, my sister and I were pretty much full-time carers for my dad who had advanced dementia and was still at home. So there are so many contributing factors. And the point that I want to try and get across here is the self-neglect that I unintentionally put myself through whilst I was launching this business. And I see that now and my body tells me that now. So I've had physical symptoms of how I've neglected my my being, my vessel. I think this is a really important point to be really honest with because when we talk about abundance, a lot of the time we talk about the things outside of us, time, energy, money. I am in this episode even. And ultimately you are gonna find it hard to feel abundant in a body, in a vessel that you are treating like shit. What I'm talking about here is how wrapped up I got in building this business and looking after my dad and being a commodity and all of the stuff that I truly neglected my vessel and my well-being. And I know from working with clients of mine and the members inside Thrive Together, I know that I am not alone with this one. And I massively recognise the impacts. You could be someone with an abundance of money and financial resources available to you, but if you're not allowing yourself to take a five-minute break to go and have a walk around the block, 
How do you feel? Do you feel abundant? And this is the challenge. When we talk about money, when we talk about the financial resources that we have available to us, it is absolutely possible to have an abundance of financial resources available to you at the same time as not actually feeling abundant. That, that's what I mean. And bringing this back to my example, I had a really successful first year in business. Did that mean that I felt abundant? No, not all of the time, no, because a lot of the time I was treating myself like shit. My body has been showing me physical symptoms of the ways that I have been mistreating it. And yes, this links to abundance because when you stop for a minute and you look around and you go, okay, well, business is going well. My clients are really happy. My family and friends are cared for and loved. And then you look at yourself and you're like, oh shit. (laughs) There is a reason that although I have more freedom in the way that I generate abundance and the way that I, the relationship that I have with the way that I use my time, energy and money, actually, if I'm treating myself like shit, hand on heart, I look down and I look at a body that doesn't look the way it did a few years ago. And it certainly doesn't feel the way it did a few years ago. But I want you to know that when you're coming from a place of self-acceptance and self-love, what you're able to start doing is going, I actually love myself for exactly who I am right now with what I've got in this skin, in this vessel. I really love you, but I'm also committed to you. The actions that I'm gonna take and the things that I'm gonna do and not do to create better for you. I share that with you because I want you to see that this isn't just about your bank balance. This isn't just about your job or how prosperous you are. This is about every single fucking aspect of your life and business. That question, how can you feel the best that you can with what you have right now whilst working towards a better, more prosperous you? That is something that you can apply to so many things. There is a book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And in that book, he really goes to town on the small incremental changes that you can make that quite often we overlook because we don't see them as impactful enough. But over the course of X amount of time, they are gonna change the trajectory that you are going on in that way. Since reading that, it made me look at the small choices if you like, that I was making and how that's impacting me. And so now I've made friends with who I am in the vessel that I am in. And I love who that is at the same time as improving on what I want for me in my life, the abundance that I want. And I want to pose that to you. What are the thoughts that you're thinking right now? And how are they making you feel? Unconsciously, like, Spend time with yourself thinking about the unconscious thoughts that are rattling around on repeat in your own mind. How are they making you feel? And how can you love yourself unconditionally, care for yourself, forgive yourself, and release what no longer serves you, but still loving who you are right now while supporting and building a version of yourself that is more empowered, a version of yourself that feels more abundant. And this framework of questions, it's confronting but it's worth it. It has been so worth it for me to confront the beliefs that I've had about abundance and see how I was blocking myself. So an example of that is, oh, well, if you want to be abundant, you have to work harder and harder and more and more and more. That was an inherent belief, right? And so when I challenged that and I actually saw that that doesn't have to be true for me, I can create something that looks different to that. That was hard to release. That was a story that I had to let go of to be able to receive something new, to receive a different future. 
And so it takes for you to recognize that you can be grateful for what you have at the same time as being open to receiving more. And there's the invitation. I want you to define that for you right now. What does abundance feel like to you in this moment? Not when, that whole concept from episode 52 at the end where I was talking about thrive first. Don't wait. Don't wait to win the lottery. Don't wait till you get the promotion. Don't wait till you lose the weight. Thrive first now, in this moment. Not when. Not when you get out your overdraft. If you think in terms of when, then you'll be stuck in lack because abundance is always somewhere in the future. So I want you to think right now with what you have, with who you are today, define abundance for you now start noticing it. Start looking at the sides of the coin, which is not on lack and what isn't true for you, but what is. And start counting those blessings. Play that record on repeat. So the last thing that I want to talk about here is when you create that abundance mindset for yourself, the decisions and choices that you make start to become different. What is your normal starts to become different? So you'll hear about energetic minimums and maximums in Mike Dooley's work, which I've already mentioned. You'll hear it in Amanda Francis's work, Rich as Fuck. You'll hear it in her book that's called that. What I mean when I say energetic minimums and maximums is what's normal for you, what you just expect. And you already have them. They're just unconscious. So for some people, it's totally, totally normal for them to live month to month in their overdraft. For other people, it is totally normal for them to have no less than 5 million in their bank at any one given time. So that's the example. And the way that this has impacted me and becoming more and more conscious about my own energetic minimums and maximums in every area, particularly of my business, is it's helped me to make choices and decisions from that conscious place. So I no longer offer free advice in my DMs. I no longer work with clients who pay late or mess me around when it comes to that energetic exchange. I don't work with clients who are not energetically invested in their own growth. And this feels aligned for me. It feels aligned for me. I know that it's really hard this because I know for me, when I was in the first year of my business, it actually, a few opportunities came my way that were financially very lucrative, but they didn't, they weren't aligned. And so it takes for you to ground deep into your own energetic set points to be able to let go of or say no to in advance um, opportunities that you wouldn't have said no to or let go of if you were coming from a place of scarcity. And now I have absolutely... In fact, it's something that I am feeling quite proud of, to be honest. If if I get on a consultation call with a new one-to-one client and I don't think that we're mutually a right energetic match for each other, I'm so proud that I've got a network of other coaches and other experts that I can send them to with love. I am so proud that I have got a podcast now where I can direct people in my DMs to a free resource that I've created if they don't have the inclination or financial resources to invest in themselves by paying to work with me. So this isn't, again, this isn't about being stingy. It's not about coming from a place of lack or scarcity. It's actually about coming from a place of love and mutual respect both ways. And by giving you those examples, what I'm asking you to do, the invitation for you 
is really think about your energetic minimums and maximums. What is normal for you in all aspects of life and business? You know, is it normal for your boss to ring you up at 10 o'clock at night and just be like, oh, can I just pick your brains? Is that normal for you? Do you want that to be normal for you? Because this is all part of what builds up your definition of abundance to you. And so the last thing that I want to talk about before I head on into um, abundance practices is the biggie for me. And that is gratitude. For me, gratitude of what is now, and this is sort of bridging the gap between me talking about you defining abundance for you and then me telling you about my abundance practices, I suppose. Gratitude for me is deep appreciation for whatever is laid at my feet. And that is regardless of my expectations. So that's really, that's such an important point to make. Sometimes we fuck ourselves over because we expected it to be this way and it's not. Or we expected it to go that way and it doesn't. You know, I expected to travel from A to B in 40 minutes with no traffic and it didn't and therefore I can't show gratitude. I expected to be further along in my business and I'm not and therefore I can't show gratitude. Or worse, you know. (laughs) I expected to be further along in my business and I'm not, so I'm going to make that mean something about myself instead of look at this experience and what it can give me or what it can teach me. I see so many people get a certain amount of the way and because their outside reality doesn't match up with their internal expectations of where they think they should be, it makes them stop. But when we relax and we let go of those expectations and we open up our minds and we open up our hearts we can lead ourselves into a place of gratitude and let's have it right. Gratitude is a practice that if you're not practicing it actively, you can't expect for your mind to naturally go there because we as humans are attuned to risk. We are fed fear in our media. Many of us will fill our social media feeds with other people's accounts of what we strive ourselves for our lives and our businesses to look like. And instead of using those other accounts as proof it's possible for us, instead of coming from a place of opportunity and abundance, we look at their lives and we look at their businesses and we think, well, there's no way that I can do that. We use it as a comparison tool instead of an opportunity to show gratitude and be like, hey, do you know what? I'm so grateful that they're showing me that it is possible for them and therefore it's possible for me too. We can fail to cultivate it in moments that are really important. Really important, but really ordinary moments. Forks in the road, if you like, where it could go one way or the other based on the thoughts that you think. And so, yes, it takes for gratitude to be a practice. And this is not, to be clear, a practice to beat yourself over the head with, such as, oh, well, you know, I don't have it as bad as them, so I should be grateful. None of that shit. You are living your life, not theirs. So let's concentrate on you. But this is using gratitude as a way to guide us back to ourselves and change our perspective. Even, even like I mentioned earlier on in the episode, even the bollocksiest of things like standing on a football pitch in the pissing down rain, watching your kid play football, even in those moments, you can it can be illuminated with such importance and appreciation and gratitude. When you'd even consider a situation to be bad, it actually becomes quite miraculous. It becomes an opportunity for you to invite more good in. It becomes an opportunity to, for you to invite more growth in. And gratitude for me has been transformative. It, it genuinely has. People are surprised when they hear me say, you know, my mum dying was the biggest heartbreak that I've ever had. At the same time, I'm so grateful for that experience. Of course, I would do anything to bring her back. 
But that experience has taught me to mother myself. That experience has taught me to lean into my intuition. That experience has led me home and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the opportunity it's given me to step up and care for my dad. I'm grateful for the opportunity it's given me to be a a more intentional mother. I'm grateful for the opportunity it's given me to go deeper into myself and learn more about who I really am. Do you see? Even in the shittiest of times, you can lean into gratitude. And I'm not saying everything happens for a reason and all of that shit. I'm just saying that there is an opportunity somewhere at some point, regardless of what has happened to you and what is happening to you, there is an opportunity for you to lean into gratitude. Because of where I choose to put my focus, I could be in any given situation a victim. I could be in any situation focusing on what isn't anymore and what I don't have and all of the things that I wish I could have but I don't currently. And for me, the most powerful abundance practice that I could give you would be a practice of gratitude whether it's written, whether it's something that you do. I posted on Instagram the other day that we have a rock in our bathroom next to um, where our toothbrushes live and you brush your teeth and you pick up the rock and while you're brushing your teeth, you're just thinking, I'm grateful for... Do you know that Albert Einstein practiced gratitude? Do you know that? He practiced gratitude by going, I am grateful for X, Y, and Z because... That, that word in the middle of your sentence because will be the thing that makes your gratitude practice deeper and deeper and deeper. Because when you can link it to an actual emotion, that's when it changes. You know, you could be like, yeah, I'm grateful for my food and I'm grateful I have legs and I'm great. That's where it starts. That's where my gratitude practice started. But when you're like, I'm grateful I have food because it gives me the energy that I want and that I need to be the mum that I wanna be you know, and it nourishes me and my body so that as I can see myself changing throughout the years, I can see myself getting stronger and stronger, not a weaker version of myself physically. When you tap into how that feels, that is when your gratitude practice will change. So let's wrap up because this episode is going to be, oh my God, (laughs) this episode is mammoth. Abundance practices. So I want to give you some ideas for me what that looks like and I want to pass them on to you because I want to finish this episode with giving you that invitation. I want you to finish this episode defining what is abundance for you now and what can you do as abundance practices to start generating more and more abundance for yourself. So for me, breath work, taking breaks, going outside, making choices, not reacting to a situation, nutritional food, making nice drinks and not drowning myself in alcohol every week to numb myself out, Michael Kors fragrances (laughs) and using them when I'm not actually going anywhere, smelling nice for me, like smelling and being like, oh, that's nice. And I'm not doing it for anyone else. I'm just spraying it because I'm here. I can smell it. I'm releasing, letting go, clearing out. It feels so abundant to me. Not, (laughs) there's a thing, right? It doesn't feel abundant to me to clear out a cupboard because it's boring as fuck, but I can make the experience enjoyable. But when it's done and I've released all the shit that we were hoarding, all of the stuff that we cling on to, all of the clothes that you'll never wear again, if we can release some of the things that no longer serve us, let them go, whether they're material and physical things or even just releasing, you know, clearing out your brain space and brain dumping Thrive Together members. We do this every Friday, don't we? Releasing all of the shit that's going on inside of your head, rattling round and round and round. I love that practice. 
it makes me feel so abundant to just release it, let it go, move it on. There's so much good that comes from releasing stagnation, whether that is with material things and clinging to things that you no longer need or require or no longer suit your life or even, like I say, thoughts or beliefs that no longer serve you. So that can be a really abundant practice too, right? Letting go, clearing your energetic space, taking time to do my hair and makeup in the morning, even though I'm not leaving the house and no one's gonna see me that day, getting my steps in. Ooh, I like this one. When you're turning into a car park and there's a car coming in the opposite direction, going into the same car park, letting them go first and wishing for them that they get a car parking space before you, knowing that there's enough car parking spaces for us all. I think that abundance practices can be done in the most ordinary of moments. And for anyone who's ever been in the car with me, I mean, firstly, sorry. (laughs) But did you die? But um, you will know that when I look for a car parking space, I'm like, fuck me, I feel abundant right now. And yes, this car park says full, but I bet it's not. I bet you there's a space that is perfect for me and I can drive round and round and it's gonna come and I can let the person go in front of me because there's enough spaces for us all. You go, Mr. Joe Bloggs. Good luck in finding a car parking space. I hope you have a great day. Do you see how this plays out? This is not big fucking things. Yeah, going to a spa is one of the loveliest things to do but even just putting a piece of music on and sitting there for a few minutes giving myself that time rather than rush 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 that's abundant that feels abundant to me anyway so there's a quick list I'm sure there's many many more things that I could have harped on about but I want you to define your own and that's the point I'm not sharing them with you to be like you should copy mine because abundance will look different on all of us so I'm sharing them with you as an invitation for you to create an abundance list for yourself so that at any given moment, whether you've got five minutes, five pounds, or five days and 5,000 pounds, you can create that abundance in your own life. Not moments of abundance, but a mindset of it. So I think that's enough right there. This has been the longest episode in the land. So I hope that this has served you. Listen, thanks so much. This is not... I talk on leadership, don't I? And this is not corporate leadership that I talk about, right? It's leading in your own life and business. And at first I was like, who am I to talk about abundance? And then I thought, no, fuck that. I am someone who advocates for my clients and the people who work with me, even if it's listening to this podcast. I am an advocate. I am a champion of you leading in your own life and business. And so in order to do that, that means you're making choices And I would love it if you could make more and more choices from a place of abundance as opposed to scarcity. And I'm going to leave the episode there, but I'm sending you so much love. Thank you for being with me today. As always, have an intentional day. I am always cheering you on and I hope that you are cheering you on too. Thank you for being here with me today all the way to the end. My goal is to get this podcast into the ear holes of everyone who would benefit from hearing it. So I have a request for you. Please could you share this episode by clicking the share link and sending it to a friend, a colleague and for bonus points, leave me a review on iTunes or tag me over on Instagram. If you want to contact me, the best place to find me is over on Instagram or you can just mail me direct on contact at tlb.org.uk. All the links are in the show notes. So until the next episode, have an intentional day. I am cheering you on.